WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 31st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, high 75. Tonight, Overnight clear, low 59, and then Thursday sunshine, warmer, high 81. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 51 and clear in Northport out on Long Island. It is 46 and clear in Aberdeen, New Jersey, and it's 51 and foggy here in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, So much to get to. Work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Last night, hanging out with family post-wedding over the weekend, uh, sitting around the kitchen table telling old-time stories, and uh, my 14-year-old sitting there, and some of the stories for sure he had never never heard before, and I probably wasn't ready for him to hear, but uh, his eyes wide open last night as my brother uh, told this story about how I got an enormous amount of trouble. My neighbor... Uh, his father was the superintendent of schools where we lived, and he had been given what is essentially a company car that he could drive back and forth to work each day. So when we were about 14 or 15, we decided, hey, when he's not around, let's hijack this car and drive it around the neighborhood. So we did that once, and uh, my friend uh, did okay. He made it around the neighborhood, did not hit anyone, uh, I thought was a pretty good driver. So then the second time, we said, well, how further? How much further could we go? So we went like a mile away from the house. And then uh, the third time, we made it all the way to 7-Eleven. And you can imagine what heroes we were, because we were, I think we were 14. We'd made it all the way to 7-Eleven. We picked up Slurpees for all of our friends in the neighborhood and what other, other garbage they had at 7-Eleven. And we drove it back, and we were like, here, we drove the car, Slurpees, the whole works. Well, thankfully, the fourth or fifth time that my friend decided to hijack his dad's car when he wasn't home, a government car that he was given by the school system to drive back and forth to work. He was on his way back from another trip to 7-Eleven where he was going to look like a hero, and he sideswiped four cars on our street. Thank God I wasn't in the car. Uh, he got in, you can imagine, enormous amount of trouble. His father had to explain to the school system why his son was uh, using his car when he wasn't home. He did not get his driver's license because uh, the punishment doled out by the city was he could not get his driver's license until he was 19 years old, which was a big deal because you can get your driver's license at 17. And somehow I got away scot-free. Nothing at all happened to me, which now looking back seems a little unfair. At the time, of course, I thought it was great. But my 14-year-old sitting at the kitchen table was like, wow, dad's a badass. <laughs> or at least for that moment he thought that. And then he realized, uh, you know, that he's I'm the nerd and loser that he always thinks I am. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. A big arrest in the mysterious murder of a New Jersey councilwoman. A subway shover and the man who came to the rescue. The debt talk continues in D.C. ahead of a big vote. Body parts washing up in one local town. And wait till you hear what Air New Zealand wants you to do before you get on board a flight. 
All right, let's get into it. 504, what start with is been a big local story. Nearly four months after she was shot in Sayreville in New Jersey inside her car, Middlesex County prosecutors have arrested a man in Councilwoman Eunice Drumfor's death. Let's get the latest on that now from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. Police have arrested 28-year-old Rashid Ali Bynum Tuesday morning in connection with the February 1st murder of the Republican Congresswoman, the first murder of a sitting elected official in New Jersey in recent memory. Authorities say Bynum was no stranger to Juam 4. Apparently, the two knew each other from Fire Congress Fellowship, a church Juam 4 was previously affiliated with. Middlesex prosecutor Yolanda Sicone. After an extensive investigation, it was determined that on February 1st, 2023, a mobile phone traveled from Virginia to New Jersey and after the murder, immediately returned to Virginia thereafter. Surveillance video shows Bynum fleeing the scene after the shooting. Additional records corroborated Bynum's location on the day of the homicide. These records showed that Bynum's device traveling through Easy Pass at the same time as a white Hyundai bearing Virginia plates. Meanwhile, the attorney for the family of Dwum Ford, John Wisniewski, told reporters that the family is still trying to make sense of why Bynum would have killed her. Now uh, they are trying to also understand the relationship, uh, how this person came to target Eunice, what was the rationale. Bynum has been charged with first-degree murder, second-degree unlawful possession of a handgun, and second-degree possession of a handgun for an unlawful purpose. Sayreville Mayor Victoria Kilpatrick spoke to ABC7. I am so relieved that the cloud that was in Sayreville right now, wondering who would hurt this beautiful woman, would come into our community and do this, and now we at least somebody somebody's in custody, and we're going to start to get even more of those answers. Bynum now awaits extradition to New Jersey and will be held at the Middlesex County Adult Correctional Facility pending a preliminary hearing in Superior Court. All right. So thankfully, this creep, this uh, uh, alleged murderer is going to be behind bars and here in New Jersey and will face trial. But the big story or the big part of the story that was left out, I think, if I was listening to you right, the prosecutor did not lay out a motive for this murder, did she? No, that no one knows what the motive is. That's exactly what the attorney for the family was uh, is saying that is still the big mystery here. Yeah. All right. The strange story. I imagine even, uh, Alex, when we do get the motive, it won't make a whole lot of sense. Probably not. It usually doesn't, but um, at least they have this guy in custody, so the family gets a little bit of happiness knowing this guy's behind bars today. And thank goodness for that. Yeah, exactly. 509. Let's go out to California. Nine teenagers arrested on suspicion of attacking three off-duty Marines at the San Clemente Pier in San Clemente, California. This was a story that happened over the weekend, getting more details about it. The witness describes what he saw on last Friday night. I saw people falling on the ground. Someone got tackled, I think, and they're all just kicking, punching all the dudes on the ground. It's not clear they knew these uh, men were Marines. Police say about between 10 and 30 people beat up their Marines, leaving them with several non-life-threatening injuries. So that is absolutely unacceptable behavior. Yeah, the San Clemente mayor there, Chris Duncan, disappointed after 
after seeing video of the attack. Let's go down to D.C. The House Rules Committee advancing the debt ceiling bill to the floor, which clears what's a major hurdle as it continues to face opposition from both Democrats and Republicans alike, which means that's the bill that they'll probably finally agree on. The Office of Management and Budget Director says this bill needs to get done. We strongly urge both chambers to pass the bill and send it to the president's desk. Yeah, so the 99-page measure would raise the nation's spending limit the next two years to avoid a federal debt default. Washington is trying hard to avoid a historic debt default before the June 15th, uh, June 5th, rather, hard deadline. The White House, of course, urging Congress to quickly get it done. It will protect our legislative achievements, including the legislation that uh, is creating good jobs in this country. And it's protecting critical programs that millions of Americans count on. Director of the Office of Management and Budget there, a number of congressional Republicans, they've been lining up in opposition to a debt ceiling deal. It includes Texas Chip Roy, congressman there. And I hope that more Republicans will join with us and stand up. He says there's basically no budget cuts in the deal. Instead, spending levels would be frozen. A key House committee going to vote today on whether to bring the legislation which was signed off by President Biden. So it's going to come to a floor vote later today. There's going to be a block of us that are a no. I would like to say that we should kill this. Uh, Congressman Chip Roy there again says instead of passing what he's as as a bad deal, lawmakers should pass a short-term extension so everybody can get involved. Sweep the COVID money, sweep the IRS money, buy some time for Janet Yellen, and let's do it right. Let's not lift the debt. But you got Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Schumer who's urging the House to quickly pass this bill. Uh, it's 99 pages, so it's uh, some of these bills, you know, hundreds of pages to get through, 99, not as many. The damage that default would inflict on our country our economy, our families, would be enormous and take years from which to recover. Bill raises the debt limit through January of 2025. There's give on both sides. But this agreement is the responsible, prudent, and very necessary way forward. Senators must be prepared to act with urgency to send a final product to the president's desk before the June 5th deadline. Of course, the thought here is everybody gave a little and everybody's a little bit upset. And that's why they got the right bill. uh, Bill, Senator Schumer promising to move the legislation as quickly as possible through the Senate when it gets there. 512, the U.S. is working to approve Sweden's bid to join NATO. Sweden again and again has proven its commitment to NATO, to its values, to its mission, to its members. Secretary of State Antony Blinken there in Sweden yesterday. He believes in the coming weeks ahead of a NATO summit in Lithuania, this could happen. Turkey, Hungary have prevented Sweden from joining the alliance. It's because uh, Turkish leaders claim Stockholm is harboring terrorists associated with Kurdish militant groups. That's why they've been getting in the way. We will continue to work to complete Sweden's accession by the time our leaders gather in Vilnius for the NATO summit. Yes, so Blinken says Sweden has taken remarkable steps to address Turkey's security concerns, and they say, he says, that's why they should be allowed into NATO. By joining NATO, Sweden undertakes a commitment to the security of every other ally. No one should doubt that commitment. 513, let's bring it back home. Migrants are now up in Albany at a hotel there as New York City continues to send them to other parts of the state that will accept them. Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan on hand as buses with migrants aboard rolled into her city. 
We're continuing to welcome um, uh, asylum seekers. We have asylum seekers that arrived in the city of Albany yesterday. We anticipate that there will be more that are coming. We are learning a lot, though, and hopefully we're getting to a place where we can really anticipate who is coming and ensure that we have uh, the resources here that are needed to augment the resources that are being provided by New York City to house these individuals. But some local lawmakers, you might not be surprised to hear, say they want to know more about who these migrants are. More buses apparently going to head towards Albany since there's not opposition from uh, most there. That as a former state prison in Harlem going to be converted into a temporary shelter for migrants as the city continues to try to find places to put them. 70,000 in all have come from the U.S.-Mexico border since last spring. If it's there and it can be used for a short amount of time. There are tons of warehouse departments all over the city that are being held by landlords. How are they not being released? There's some people who live in the neighborhood there, workers making some changes to the Lincoln Correctional Facility on West 110th Street by Central Park. So hundreds of migrants could be placed there for a short period of time. People in the neighborhood, not too sure. Now you have all these outside people coming in that you have no idea where they're coming from, who they are. You know, it's almost like an attack on your community. The Lincoln Correctional Facility actually shut back in 2019, so they would be reopening it to put those migrants there. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, Justin Allen. Good morning, Noma Alladen. Just some baseball action to get to from last night. So let's jump right in. The Mets got back above 500 with a 2 and nothing series opening win at home over the Philadelphia Phillies. Deadlocked in a scoreless tie through three. Francisco Lindor, he got things going with this solo shot in the fourth. Pitch back to back against the Lindor drives one deep left field. That goes Guthrie at the wall. It's out of here. Francisco Lindor breaks the seal with his 10th home run of the year. That call courtesy of SNY. The offense would go right back to sleep thereafter, but the two runs on six hits were plenty for a dominant Kodai Senga on the hill. The ready punching out with seven shutout innings of one hit baseball and nine strikeouts. The Mets. We'll see if they can keep it going in the middle game tonight at 7.10 p.m. Carlos Carrasco is set to take the hill against Philly's Aaron Nola. Now out west to Seattle, where the Yankees once again beat down on the Mariners, this time by a score of 10-2. When Aaron Judge is going like he is right now, the rest of the offense tends to follow suit for the Bombers. And that checked out again last night with Judge sending his American League-leading 18th homer of the year into the left field seats and route to the win. High fly ball, deep left field. Power it back. He's on the track. He's at the wall. He leaps. See ya. A home run for Judge. Another one. He's done it again. 8-2. That call courtesy of the Yes Network. Greg Allen and Anthony Volpe joined the captain with long balls of their own. Complimenting nicely a strong five innings on the mound for Nestor Cortez. Yanks will go for the sweep and five straight wins tonight at 9.40 p.m. in Seattle with Clark Schmidt getting the nod against Seattle's George Kirby. Here with Sports Now on 77 WABC. I'm Thank Justin Allen. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to step on no, you. No, that's Justin. okay. Just I, on I, your I, name, the most important part of your report. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry about <laughs> go it. Go ahead. No. Say it again. Everybody knows who I am. Everybody, go, go ahead. One more time. Uh, I'm Justin Allen. There we 77 go. WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's go down to South Carolina. Passengers on board 
a Carnival cruise ship recounting what was just a harrowing experience after the ship was rocked by rough weather. Sharon Tatotre says she felt like the captain has cruised directly into the eye of a developing storm. She's a passenger on board this ship. There's no way around this one. We went directly into that storm and sailed through it. It sounded like the, the ship split in two. We were flying blind with our lives in someone else's hands. Yet water, debris-filled parts of the ship. Some people on board could be heard singing, it has to be a morning after. Uh, people were looking for life jackets. All we wanted was, hey, it's going to be okay. I know it's rough, and we didn't get any of that. I think they just wanted to get back to port and get the next people loaded. Yeah, it's like my worst fear come true. 520, meanwhile, air travel this summer across the U.S. expected to not only be busier than last year, but a whole lot more expensive, too. Coming we know about summer travel that there have been predictions of that airfare is still going to be at a pretty high level. So just be aware that things are just costing a little bit more this summer. And so trying to get your plans as much in advance as you can, but also maybe building in a little bit of flexibility. Travel agent there. The surge in travel is mainly due to Americans feeling better about getting out. Uh, started last summer, even more so this summer. They only have so many pilots and crew members to go around at this point. So while we do expect travel to be busier than, let's say, 2020 or 2021, they just don't have enough resources. Yeah, this weekend was a first test of that, and most people said, yeah, it was okay. Flights weren't delayed like they were last year. Staffing seemed to be okay. TSA agents were there to get them through security lines. I mean, we did hear some complaints, as you always do, but last year it was just constant complaints from Memorial Day through the summer. This past weekend, not so terrible, so we'll take that. 521, New York City council members say they're worried about missed court appearances leading to what is a growing population out at Rikers Island. Rikers, by the way, slated to close in 2027. The Department of Corrections fielding questions at the Criminal Justice Committee's oversight hearing yesterday wanting to know why these court cases weren't being heard faster. In November 2022, one saw a spike in refusals. Yes, yeah, so some of those refusals apparently came to religious reasons. Uh, the commissioner there says that refusals are typically recorded, but the city council, considering a bill, that it would make it a requirement to know why people don't show up for court appearances and where the fault lies. I don't think it's necessary, given the current state of affairs. New York City Council Member Gail Brewer worries missed court appearances mean the population will grow tighter, uh, become more dangerous at Rikers. Contributing to rising numbers of inmates at a time when Rikers is supposed to be shrinking. Detainees, not inmates. We still haven't figured out where all those Rikers prisoners would go. 2027 is right around the corner. We process cases too slowly, and as a result, people are on Rikers Island for too long. 522, NYPD cops releasing new information about what led to the death of a three-month-old baby who was found along the major Deegan Expressway over the weekend. Damon Cominger, the baby's baby's 23-year-old father, arrested, charged with murder and manslaughter. Cops say he told the baby's grandfather that he shook her because she would not stop crying. He later found his daughter, Genevieve, there we go, dead. Comajor reportedly panicked and put the infant in a bag before he dumped her along the Major Deegan Expressway, just blocks from 
the transitional housing shelter where he and his girlfriend lived. The baby's grandfather told a priest what happened and wanted to do the right thing, so he was the one who called police on his grandson. That baby deserved the life. Shocked over the senseless tragedy. That baby deserved the life. Wow. I don't care what the circumstances is. You're supposed to turn to help. There's a fire department. Take the baby and drop it off. Yeah, detectives questioning Cominger and the baby's mother, who is from uh, Switzerland. Police spent hours combing through the area surrounding the university family residence where they lived, where they f- then found the three-month-old baby dead in the wooded area, the wooded area as much as it can be in the Bronx. A GoFundMe has been set up for by a family friend seeking donations to help pay for the little girl's funeral. 524, out to New Jersey, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie preparing to launch a White House campaign 2024. Uh, people in New Jersey not so sure they want him to run. He was a horrible governor. He'll make a horrible president. He is a big bully. He is concerned with America. He wants the best for our country. I hope, you know, he can do the best he can. Multiple reports say allies of the Republican have created a super PAC to support him during the primary season. The New York Times reports Christie could make a run for the White House official probably next week. Some of the work he did good. He should be a good candidate. No, he's not going to do well. He's just going to interfere with everything else. He's just going to be a pain and he just needs to step out. He's done. So, of course, Christie would join a growing GOP field that includes former President Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and former U.S. Ambassador and South Carolina Governor uh, Nikki Haley. 525, this was sad to hear. First, uh, Former First Lady Rosalind Carter has dementia. The announcement, which was released by the Carter Center, comes as Carter's husband, former President Jimmy Carter, is receiving hospice care at his home in Plains, Georgia, the center said in a statement that Rosalind, who's 95, continues to live happily at her home with her husband, enjoying spring in Plains, Georgia, and visits with loved ones. The statement noted that one in 10 older Americans have dementia, a condition that affects overall mental health. Uh, the statement did not say when she was diagnosed or give any more details on her condition. It noted her work, though, supporting caregivers through a nonprofit organization. 525 down to Texas. Texas poised to make major changes to the state's public school libraries. The plan is to set a new rating system and books with sexually explicit material would be banned. They are completely restricting student access to ideas and information. Lots of opponents like David Donati, who you saw there with the ACLU of Texas, as the standards are too vague. Books that have same-sex characters could be flagged alongside stories that cover gender identity. The state is reaching into schools and pulling out those ideas which it does not approve of, while at the same time imposing its own particular doctrine and ideology. Of course, we've had these issues of book banning all across the United States and New Jersey. There's been a big fight in some school libraries there about which books should be banned, which ones should be kept on shelves. David Donati with the ACLU of Texas says that banning books is a dangerous idea. Truly are transforming Texas into a laboratory or experimental ground for these very fundamental and anti-democratic ideas. But of course, you have parents on the other side who say sexually explicit books have no place sitting 
in a school library. We are just getting started on this Wednesday morning as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning will tell you about another subway shoving in Manhattan. Uh, took place yesterday. Body parts washing up in one New Jersey town. We'll tell you what that's all about. A postal worker attacked in New Jersey. Uh, we'll explain what that's about as well. And why is one airline, it's Air New Zealand, They why do they want you to do something you won't want to do? Well, let me try that again. Wait till you hear what Air New Zealand wants you to do. How about that? Before you get on board a flight. That and more coming up. WABC News Time right now is 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noam Layden. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 31st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, just a beauty. High 75 tonight, overnight, clear, low 59. And then Thursday, warmer, sunshine, high 81. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 51 and clear in Northport out on Long Island. 46 and foggy in Aberdeen, New Jersey, and a little bit of fog in 51 here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour in Brooklyn with a subway shoving yet another. We've had a few over the last uh, three weeks, an arrest made after a homeless man randomly pushed a strap hanger onto the subway tracks in Brooklyn yesterday morning. The victim punched first, then shoved onto the tracks at the 36th Street subway station. This was about 10 a.m. The guy was just waiting for a train. There was no warning that it was coming. Then he found himself hit over the head, shoved onto the tracks. I pray that nobody else ever has to go in that situation. Um... I'm glad that they got him off the tracks. That was an eyewitness MTA worker there was able to help this guy back onto the platform before a train came in. He was evaluated by EMS. His injuries, thankfully, not too serious. I tend to try to stay in the center of the platform, but I do get uncomfortable in those narrow sections where they have staircases. I don't really like passing through there. Yeah, it starts to feel like there's no place safe on the platform at all. Middle always felt okay. The attacker ran away away from the scene, but thankfully they called him, uh, cops did, at the next subway stop. I mean, they had him right away, cuffed him. You live in New York. You take your chances. You try to stay as alert as possible. That's it. That's what you got to do. Yeah, charges pending against this man who is homeless, who was taken in for a mental health evaluation yesterday. Just last week, you remember, 39-year-old man arrested uh, a homeless shelter after he slammed a woman's head against the side of a train as it left a station. She was critically injured in what was also an unprovoked attack. 534, uh, an end to this story that took place now two years ago. A man arrested in an anti-Semitic attack in Bayridge, Brooklyn, that took place in 2021, pleading guilty to his crimes yesterday. Blake Zavadosky vividly remembers what happened to him in Bayridge in December of 2021 when he was punched twice in the head, had iced coffee thrown on him, all because he was wearing an Israeli Defense Force sweatshirt. He said, what are we doing in his neighborhood? 
and he told me that I have five seconds to take off my sweatshirt or he was going to rock. Yeah, and he did. Uh, Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Gonzalez uh, says the attacker, Suleiman Othman of Staten Island, turned himself in two weeks after the attack took place yesterday, pleading guilty to attempted assault as a hate crime, sentenced to 60 days in jail, three years of probation. Growing up, I, I was always in that neighborhood. I wore that sweatshirt a million times around here, around there, everywhere. And never did I have an issue. Zavadaski's uh, family hoped that the uh, that Solomon Othman would receive a harsher punishment than he did. If people are not going to speak out, nothing's going to change. It'll still be the same day after, after, after. 535, let's go out to New Jersey. This is just creepy. Body parts washing up on the shores of Union County, keeping neighbors there on edge. Police say a human torso and a human leg washed up in the Arthur Kill Waterway in Elizabeth five days apart. It's an area of the waterfront off Front Street that's been built up and become very popular over the last couple of years. This neighbor telling News 12 it's not the first time it's happened. He's seen body parts there before. Yikes. We were standing there by the water, and uh, I looked over, and I happened to see a femur, uh, the part of the lake part. It's a little scary, a little strange, but in today's world, it's kind of like, uh, you know, real. Yeah, police have confirmed the torso was discovered in the water on May 16th, the leg on May 21st. Those who walk in the area, fish in the area, say it's a concern. Uh, it's not clear if those two body parts came from the same body. Oh, sure, it's disturbing. Because that means you can't even walk around here without seeing somebody dead in the water. Yeah, medical examiner determining the torso was that of a Caucasian male. The person has not been identified, but the man's death being investigated as a homicide. Authorities have not released any additional information about the leg. It's not clear, again, if those are all the same body parts, same body. It's summertime, man. People come through here all the time, and What are people going to think? Yeah. Well, the Union County Prosecutor's Office says further testing of the remains is needed to determine identity and maybe hopefully figure out who carried out the crime against this person. WABC News Time 539 out to New Jersey. Cops investigating what was just a terrifying attack on a postal worker. This was in Essex County. He was roughed up while working in the middle of the afternoon. This was in Milburn. It happened while the mailman was making his rounds. He says uh, the attackers got what they were after. There was a doorbell camera that caught video of this attack. You could see these two men waiting behind like what is one of those gigantic trash containers where they throw construction debris. And you could see they were waiting for the mailman to arrive. When he did, they jumped him. And the video camera caught some of that. You can hear a little bit of what took place as the mailman screams for help as he's being attacked. Are you all right? Are you all right? Yeah, uh, he was all right. At the time of the attack, he was working on his route, Walnut Avenue, near Mountain View Road. This witness was inside his house, heard the screams, and came out to see if he could help this mailman. My wife was upstairs, and when I saw what happened, I yelled, Elaine, call the police. They're attacking the mailman. They approached him between those two units. Um, you know, they took advantage of that little hidden alleyway created by the uh, storage pod and the dumpster. So thankfully, the postal worker, he's OK. I mean, he was roughed up, but they were after a key and they got the key. It's one of those keys that opens 
all those mailboxes when they stop, like at an apartment complex, you know, it opens the whole door. And so the man, the mailman can put all of the mail in at once. That's the key they got. So clearly they were, that's all they wanted. Apparently no weapons or anything. Got the key, got away. So far, they have not been arrested. 541, while we're in New Jersey, just this awful story, this mom from Andover dealing with this incredible loss after her husband and two children were killed in a wrong way crash over the long weekend. Uh, Digna Melendez uh, had her two kids and her husband killed in this crash. It was a driver who crossed the double lines and then went head in to the car that her husband was driving with the two kids. All three were killed. The driver of the other car, a 36-year-old who ran into them, was killed as well. Uh, Here's the mom. My daughter's birthday is in October, and I used to call her my spicy pumpkin because she was very sassy. My son's the galaxy because he wanted to change the world. Yeah, so the father was a former Newark cop. Her kid's uh, 13 and 5 years old. Oh, we feel his pain in our entire body. My entire body is just pain. They're kids. They're my kids. You know, they're my, my parents' kids. Yeah, so now the mother has to bury the family that she had prayed so long to uh, have. Uh, GoFundMe has been started by the family to help pay for the funerals. Uh, a family... That is filled with firefighters and cops and former firefighters and former cops. Right now I'm focusing on making those arrangements because I feel like we still have, we still have work to do for them and I, I take care of my family. This is uh, the first thing he did in kindergarten. It's kindergarten and uh, it says he wanted to be in SWAT. One of the first things he wrote. Crash remains under investigation, but unfortunately, everybody dead in this accident. The driver of the car that crossed the yellow lines and the three of the two kids and the father in the other car. 543 out to Long Island. A town of Hempstead representative says the Coliseum Inn, it's a motel located East Meadow, has been condemned yesterday. 16 people who still live there had to move out. They were full-time residents. They say the motel wasn't in the best condition and that things were needed to be fixed, but they didn't want to be kicked out. They spoke to News 12. Put yourself in their shoes. You wake up in the morning, this is your home. 12 o'clock, somebody comes and tells you, you gotta leave. I have nowhere to go tonight, hon. I could be in the street. Some of those people were moved to another hotel. They were forced out as they received apparently no warning before they'd be told they had to pack up all their belongings and leave the town, releasing a statement saying in part that the Coliseum Motor Inn was closed due to unsafe and unsanitary living conditions. And video showed it wasn't really a very nice place to live. Moldy, leaking, all kind of stuff, ma'am. It ain't just, this ain't just, I've been here four years. It has issues. It needs repair. It needs a new roof. Okay. okay. The problems were that some of the smoke detectors didn't work because people steal the batteries from them, but otherwise everything is in good working order. This is how they treat the least of us. There also reportedly have been drug issues at the Coliseum Inn. In fact, two weeks ago, three men arrested for allegedly having crack cocaine in their rooms at that motel. 544, while we're out in Long Island, there is a rental scam in Medford. A number of people have been duped out of thousands of dollars, a fake Long Island realtor asked for a cash deposit up front in exchange for house keys. 
And a couple of people fell for this uh, in Medford, uh, then showed up at their apartment day one to move in, and the keys did not work. The realtor, nowhere to be found. Each victim provided, uh, one was 4000 I think the other was just over 4000 Attempted to move into the place. They found that the key didn't work. They called the number. Uh, the phone number had been disconnected. Can you imagine the moving trucks? You move into the apartment and you can't get in, and there's no apartment at all. The bogus keys that were provided to a house on Sip Avenue in Medford, a base shore Realtor says, you know, you just got to be careful out there. Unfortunately, they're scammers. Cash is a big, big red flag. Never, ever take keys from somebody unless you're standing in front of the property and it opens the door. Yeah, a good advice in cash. Yeah, if someone's asking you for cash, thousands of dollars down for an apartment, probably not legit. 5.45, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Here's Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Layden. Just baseball action to get to from last night, so we'll jump right in here. The Mets got back up above 500 with a 2 a nothing series opening win at home over the Philadelphia Phillies. Deadlocked in a scoreless tie through three. Francisco Lindor got things going with this solo shot in the fourth. Pitch back-to-back against them. Lindor drives one deep left field. That goes Guthrie at the wall. It's out of here. Francisco Lindor breaks the seal with his 10th home run of the year. That call courtesy of SNY. The offense would go right back to sleep thereafter, but the two runs on six hits. There were plenty. Oh my! Oh my! For a dominant Kodai Senga on the hill. The ready punching out with seven shutout innings of one hit baseball and nine strikeouts. The Mets will see if they can keep it going in the middle game tonight at 7-10. Carlos Carrasco set to take the hill against Philly's Aaron Nola. Now out west to Seattle where the Yankees once again beat down on the Mariners this time by a score of 10-2 when Aaron Judge is going like he is right now red hot. The rest of the offense tends to follow suit for the Bombers. That checked out again last night with Judge sending his American League leading 18th homer of the year into the left field seats and route to the win. Fly ball, deep left field. Pull it back. He's on the track. He's at the wall. He leaps. See ya. A home run for Judge. Another one. He's done it again. 8-2. That call courtesy of the Yes Network. Greg Allen and Anthony Volpe joined the captain with long balls of their own, complimenting nicely a strong five innings on the mound for Nestor Cortez. The Yanks will go for the sweep and five straight wins tonight at 9.40 p.m. in Seattle with Clark Schmidt. Getting the nod against Seattle's George Kirby. Here with Sports Gnome on 77 WABC. Wait for it. I'm Justin Ellis. There you go. 547. Thank you very much, Justin. Let's get you up on some of the big stories of the morning. We'll start in Sayreville, New Jersey, nearly four months after she was shot dead in Sayreville inside her car. Middlesex County prosecutors have arrested a gunman in Councilwoman Eunice Drumfor's death. Sayreville Councilwoman shot by someone apparently she knew from church. They say it's 28-year-old Rashid Ali Bynum, who's from Portsmouth, Virginia, taken into custody yesterday, just before 11 a.m. Police say Bynum knew Drum for from the Fire Congress, uh, Fire Congress Fellowship, which is a church Drum for was affiliated with, which is also associated with another church in Newark. Uh, here's uh, her lawyer. A mobile. Oh no, this is the prosecutor talking about the arrest yesterday. A mobile phone traveled from Virginia to New Jersey and after the murder, immediately returned to Virginia thereafter. Additional records revealed that the device was associated with Rashid Ali Bynum. 
murder mystery lasted for four months. Jerome Ford fatally shot February 1st after she dropped someone off in Sayreville. Surveillance footage captured Bynum running from the scene after the shooting. He's charged with first-degree murder. The uh, family lawyer has a lot of questions. Still. How this person came to target Eunice, what was the rationale? Yeah, Drumfor, who was just 30 years old, was the first sitting elected official to ever be killed in New Jersey, at least in recent memory, anyway. The family has been praying. They are a prayerful family. They've been praying that there is some breakthrough in this case, and their prayers were answered today. Bynum awaiting extradition to New Jersey now. Out to uh, California, where this story happened over the weekend, nine teenagers arrested on suspicion of attacking three off-duty Marines at the San Clemente Pier in San Clemente, California. A lot of witnesses describing what they saw take place. I saw people falling on the ground. Someone got tackled, I think, and they're all just kicking, punching all the dudes on the ground. I'm not sure what started this all up, but police say between 10 and 30 people beat up the Marines, leaving them with injuries. Thankfully, they're non-life-threatening injuries. So that is absolutely unacceptable behavior here in San Clemente. San Clemente's mayor there, Chris Duncan, says disappointed after seeing video of the attack. Back here in New York, migrants are now being bussed up to Albany, state capital, as New York City continues to send them to other parts of the state that will still accept migrants. The Albany mayor, Kathy Sheehan, on hand as buses with migrants rolling into a couple hotels there. We're continuing to welcome um, uh, asylum seekers. We have asylum seekers that arrived in the city of Albany yesterday. We anticipate that there will be more that are coming. We are learning a lot, though, and hopefully we're getting to a place where we can really anticipate who is coming and ensure that we have uh, the resources here that are needed to augment the resources that are being provided by New York City to house these individuals. Some local lawmakers in Albany County, though, say they want to know more about these migrants, who they are. More buses, though, going to be on the way as Mayor Adams struggles to find shelter for the 70,000 that have arrived here since last spring from the U.S.-Mexico border up in Harlem. There's a temporary shelter that's going to open. It was a former correctional facility, the Lincoln Correctional Facility. This is on West 110th Street. People in that neighborhood, not everybody happy to hear the migrants going to be put there. If it's there and it can be used for a short amount of time. There are tons of warehouse departments all over the city that are being held by landlords. How are they not being released? So this would apparently be a short period of time. The Lincoln Correctional Facility shut back in 2019. Now you have all these outside people coming in that you have no idea where they're coming from, who they are. You know, it's almost like an attack on your community. Yeah, it's the issue for a lot of neighborhoods who say they don't want the migrants. And then we were hearing from these passengers who were on board a carnival cruise recounting what was just a harrowing experience after their ship was rocked by really rough weather. Sharon Tutroni says it felt like the captain had cruised right into the eye of a developing storm instead of trying to go around. There's no way around this one. We went directly into that storm and sailed through it. It sounded like the, the ship split in two. We were flying blind with our lives in someone else's hands. And you got to see video of this, just water and debris filling the cabins. It had to be awfully frightening. All we wanted was, hey, it's going to be okay. I know it's rough, and we didn't get any of that. I think they just wanted to get back to port and get the next people loaded. Yeah, well, that might be the case. 554, Westchester County going to now reinstate Beeline bus fares at the county center for the first time in three years. We opened in late February, but now it's 
returning to its uh, position that we previously had, where Beeline bus riders could go there to access certain services. That's the Westchester County Executive, George Latimer. The uh, center was closed to the public as a result of the pandemic, serving as a part of the vaccination process. Fair service is going to resume tomorrow, including Metro card refill machines and paratransit ticket books. This is uh, the beginning uh, of June at hand this week, and uh, we look forward to uh, having announcements that will affect us for the rest of the summer, July, August, and through Labor Day. So stay tuned. You'll, uh, you'll be looking, I assume, for another freebie, and we'll see if we can deliver Graduation uh, season continues. Everybody wants somebody famous at their graduation. Hamilton creator Lynn Manuel Miranda delivering the Hunter College commencement address yesterday. The New York City native telling graduates at the Barclays Center ceremony to never stop chasing your dreams. It's this simple and it's this complicated. You do what you have to do. That allows for the most space for what you want to do. Does anybody remember their, you know, uh, graduation speech afterwards? Not usually, I guess. I guess maybe you remember if it's somebody famous like Lin-Manuel. Miranda's uh, latest project, by the way, the reimagining of the lyrics for Disney's The Little Mermaid, which just opened. Air New Zealand is now going to weigh passengers before they board some flights out of the Auckland International Airport Here's an aviation analyst explaining why they're going to do that. Air New Zealand is being asked by their regulator, their equivalent of the FAA, to validate that the standard weights that they're using for passengers is, in fact, accurate. And you can't ask people how much they weigh because everybody lies. But can you imagine asking people to step on the scale? So apparently when you do step on the scale, the only people who will be able to see it is the workers for the airline. You you know, it won't be like a number shines above your head telling everybody how much you weigh. But, uh, of course, not everybody happy about this idea. They don't want anybody knowing how much they weigh. They're going to collect a, a fairly large number of passengers as they board. They'll weigh them. That will go into a database. And uh, then they'll be able to determine what is the uh, an appropriate and average weight. Yeah, so now not only will they have you step on the scale to see how much you weigh before you get onto that flight, but they're actually going to hold on to that information for the next time you fly so they know how much you weigh then so they can figure out where to put all the passengers on the flight and use, I guess, fuel most efficiently.